0: Welcome to the sermon podcast of First Christian Church, Disciples of Christ the St. Paul, located in Monta Minnesota. We are a suburban congregation united in Christ and grounded in the values of diversity, solidarity, and witness. You can learn more about us by going to FCCStPaul.org. Here is this week's sermon. Our text for today is Acts 2 verses 1 through 21. Um, if you will um, be patient, I will actually be um, also including the um, passages up to 47. I'll be skipping some of them, but it's important that you kind of hear the fullness of the Pentecost story um, and not just part of it. And at this sound, the crowd gathered and was bewildered, because each one heard them speaking in the native language of each. Amazed and astonished, they asked, are not all these who are speaking Galileans? And how is it that we hear each of us in our own native language? Parthians, Medes, Elamites, and residents of Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia. Egypt and parts of Libya belonging to Cyrene, and visitors from Rome, visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabs, in our languages we hear them speaking about God's deeds of power. All were amazed and perplexed and saying to one another, what does this mean? But others sneered and said, they are filled with new wine. But Peter, standing among, with the eleven, raised his voice and addressed them. Fellow Jews and all who live in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and listen to what I say. Indeed, these are not drunk, as you suppose, for it is only nine o'clock in the morning. No, this was what was spoken through the prophet Joel. In the last days, it will be, God declares that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh before the coming of the Lord's great and glorious day. Then everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And skipping to verse 37. Now, when they heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and to the other apostles, Brothers, what should we do? Peter said, Repent. And be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, so that your sins may be forgiven, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is for you, for your children, and for all who are far away, everyone whom the Lord calls to him. And he testified with many other arguments and exhorted them, saying, Save yourselves from this corrupt generation. So those who welcomed this message were baptized, and that day about 3,000 persons were added. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and fellowship and to the breaking of bread and the prayers. All came upon everyone because many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. All who believed were together and had all things in common. They would sell their possessions and goods and distribute the proceeds to all as any had need. Day by day, they spent. Day by day, as they spent much time together in the temple, they broke bread at home and ate their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God for and having goodwill of all people. And day by day, the Lord added to their number those who were being saved. This is the word of God for all the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. Amen. Well, I can remember. On that day, the sky turned a sickening green and the rain started to come down hard. I decided to look outside and started to see these giant trees whipping back and forth in quick succession. The, styr- the sirens were starting to blare and so I knew that this was not just a regular thunderstorm but it was something far worse. I knew this was a tornado. I remember running to the back of the house and running towards the bedroom and telling Daniel that it was we needed to get downstairs now and so I grabbed our cat who being a cat was nonchalantly sitting on the bed and we headed quickly downstairs. As we were making our way downstairs Daniel could hear that familiar sound that everyone says a tornado sounds like, the sound of a train, as it literally basically passed near our house. Within a short time, it was all over. And soon, people came outside to look around. An EF-1, that's the Enhanced Fujita Scale tornado, had struck North Minneapolis. This was in 2011. And all around you could see damaged buildings and mighty trees. I'm, I'm saying large, big trees that were uprooted by the winds. We really don't think about the power of the of wind until we have an event like a tornado or for those who live in the islands, a hurricane. Now, a wind can be as gentle as a breeze on a summer day. It can be as beautiful and graceful, but also as important as seeing those wind farms that you see as you're going down the interstate. One of the fascinating things is driving, is if you drive towards Des Moines you can see them on interstate 35 or if you drive towards sioux falls in western minnesota there are wind farms and windmills dotting all over the place as the the blades slowly turn around together wind can do wonderful things you can see all of these turbines going round and round they're generating power for millions but of course winds can also be deadly. They can, as I said, uproot big trees. They can also pulverize buildings, and they can take lives. That same day in 2011, that Minneapolis was struck by a tornado, there was even a larger tornado towards the south. In Joplin, Missouri, an EF5 tornado, and that's the highest that tornadoes on the scale can go, struck the town of Joplin, Missouri, and it killed over 150 people. One of the most memorable images that you might remember seeing is when the twister hit one of the city's hospitals, St. John's Regional Medical Center. The hospital was damaged, and when I say that, I don't mean that there were just a few windows busted out, but it was damaged to its very foundation, and it had to be basically rebuilt as a result. I can also remember several years ago, I was in Iowa for a funeral, and just as we were getting ready to go to the church, there was a powerful derecho, or a straight line wind, that came through central Iowa. And if you, as we made our way back home, you could see the destruction, and lights were out and buildings were damaged. And for me, I think wind has always been something that has been foundational in my own life. My own hometown of Flint was struck by a tornado many years before I was even born in in the fifties. But it is something that is still remains in the lore of our city where over a hundred people were killed as a late evening storm tumbled through the Northern part of the city and parts of the township nearby. Our lives, all of our lives are shaped by wind. Wind can be beautiful, but nature always reminds us that the wind does what it wants and it can change your entire life in the blink of an eye. Today is the day of Pentecost Sunday, and this text in Acts is the one that we read almost all the time. This is the story of the beginning of the church. This is the story of the arrival of the Holy Spirit. The story many of you have heard before. The disciples and other close friends of Jesus are in a room somewhere in Jerusalem, Jesus had ascended into heaven just days before, and he tells them to wait. They had no idea what was going to happen, but they knew Jesus, and so they waited. And they waited. And you have to wonder, after a few days, were they getting a bit cranky? What were they waiting for? What was going to happen? And well, we know what happens. The sound of a rushing wind comes in. And you can imagine the doors being blown open. And that there was what seemed like fire that was coming down onto people. And that probably the wind was even fanning those those flames. What happened came through almost like a tornado. The wind that the disciples encountered was powerful. And that Pentecost wind changed their lives. It was the wind, the spirit, that changed the disciples from people who were were scared to becoming people who were bold, who went beyond their safe zones to share the good news of Jesus throughout the known world. Why does Pentecost matter? And why do we liken the Holy Spirit to a wind? Pentecost matters because it tells us something a little bit about the church. And what it says is we cannot be church on our own. Church is not just a gathering like the Lions Club, where with the exception that you just read a Bible every so often. We cannot do all of this that we call church on our own. We can try, and Lord knows we have done it, but when we do that in our own power, more often than not, we fail. When the church becomes just about us and it isn't being empowered by something that is greater than ourselves, then church becomes a fruitless exercise. But the church is the church because it is empowered by the Spirit. And that is the story of Pentecost. We sometimes say that Pentecost is the birthday of the church, and partly we are right. But it is the birthday, the beginnings of the church, and also the arrival of the Holy Spirit that makes church happen. Otherwise, all you had on that Pentecost Sunday or on Pentecost Day, we're just a bunch of people gathering and probably at that point, not doing much other than that. When we are empowered by the spirit, we can do mighty things. We can do miraculous things. Look at Peter. Peter in the gospels was always someone that seemed to be putting his foot in his mouth. He was always, probably not always the smartest person. And yet, it was through Peter that he tells the story of the gospel to all those who are gathered. And as it says in the scripture today, thousands were added just in that day. Peter didn't do this just because he had great oratory skills. He did it. Because he was empowered by the Spirit. This past week, as you may have seen in in our newsletter, we did get a notice to vacate. So we're starting all the things of getting packing things and getting them out of here. I've already started going with our um, um, realtor, Roman, to start seeing places. Um, I saw a potential one in, in Little Canada. All of this means that this is all happening. And as we're preparing to move, we're preparing to move to a new place. This is an important time to think about something. How are we going to be empowered by the Spirit? In many ways, we have been given a chance a second chance, or maybe in this case, in the life of a church, a fifth chance, a chance to start anew, to be a people empowered by God. Are we willing to be empowered by the Holy Spirit? Because we can't simply move and be what we were here. We're going to be something different. We have to be something different to survive. And that can only happen if we allow ourselves to be carried on the wings of the Holy Spirit. The days of waiting for people to come through the doors of the church like they would maybe in the 50s and 60s and 70s are gone. The church that we find And the church now in the 21st century is in many ways going to be much like the church that we read here today in the first century. It means that we have to be willing to be prodded by the Spirit to go and to meet others where they are and to tell them about the gospel. That is what we have to do now. And we have to be open to being moved along by the Spirit. And looking at all that we have to do, I mean, not just that we have to try to move all of this out, and not just that we have to find a new place, but just also that we have to figure out who are we and who are we going to be, church. We may think we can't do this, we may think that we don't have enough people, and that's true. And we might think we're kind of already tired, and that's true too. But the thing is, God always seems to take the things and people who may, you may look at and think can't do much, and yet they are able to do God's work in the world because they are empowered by the Spirit they are empowered by the wind. Just as the disciples were empowered by the wind of the Spirit, we can be too, if we are willing to trust God and not in our own power. If we allow ourselves to be carried on the Spirit's winds, we can do anything. A few years ago, Um, Daniel and I, along with my parents, went up to um, Mackinac Island in Michigan. And I haven't been there in a long time. I love going there, it's a beautiful place. Um, It's right on kind of um, where Lake Michigan and Lake Huron meet. And Daniel decided it was a beautiful day, and it was a beautiful day in July, that we would go to a store and we would buy a kite. And I had not been kite flying before. I wanted to for years, but just hadn't been able to. But now we had the opportunity. So he was able to kind of teach me how to keep the thing flying. And it was a nice day. It was was a breeze, um, wind, gentle wind. And so I was able to allow and was able to keep the kite flying in the late breeze. And if I could dig it out somewhere, there is a picture of me trying to, as I'm holding the kite and feeling the forces of the wind and trying to kind of steer it so that it can kind of fly and, and, and move through the wind. Daniel, I think you said that it was kind of interesting to see someone at that time in their late 30s kind of acting like a little kid. Well, it it was fun, what can I say? The kite, without the wind, was lifeless. But with the wind, it could do marvelous things. It could flip. You could just do things that you couldn't normally do without the wind. And again, I think that is what the Holy Spirit is like. By ourselves... We can't do much, but with the Holy Spirit, we can do a lot. This is how the Spirit works in our lives. And so I pray today, on this Pentecost Sunday, that we can be empowered by the Spirit. Allow ourselves to be carried by the wing by the wind of the Spirit to do mighty things for the kingdom of God. God can take what is may, may seem small and insignificant to do God's work if we are allowed to be carried on the winds of the spirit. Thanks be to God. Amen. We hope today's sermon podcast was nourishment to your soul. If you'd like to know more about First Christian Church of St. Paul, please visit our website at fccstpaul.org. That's org. May God be with you in the coming week.